Welcome to Home's Room. Just like homeroom, we start off our day getting together with our homies, swapping stories, even a little kiss and tell action. This podcast contains language not suitable for younger listeners. Topics about sex and mental health. Discretion is advised. Our views are our own. Let class begin. Welcome back to Home's Room. Uh, honestly, this is the first time for me that I'm at a loss introducing a guest. You do so much and like I wasn't sure what to include and, and what not. So what I will say is welcome to the show, Sunshine, uh, a psychic medium, soul healer, a podcast host. What else is there? Because there was a whole lot when I was looking you up. Yeah, there is a whole bunch. Um, so my quick intro is always, I'm Sunshine, the pink-haired psychic medium, high priestess, Reiki master, and headmistress of Illuminate the Unschool of Witchcraft. Um, but yes, I a whole slew of other things and titles and labels that people love to recognize me as because it's a way to connect, right? I mean, I don't care about the labels, but when you put a label on, people can you know, wave at you and have something that they relate to. Um, and I say, I would say probably one of the other things that I don't always mention um, on a lot of times when I'm a guest, I, I actually have a corporate day job too. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, uh, I'm a certified product manager. I've been helping corporations build software for well over 25 years and uh, actually lead teams and, you know, help with operate. Yeah. So I have a whole, yeah, many, many hats and love every one of them. Uh, well, like I said, it was like, I was at a loss. Cause it was like, if I could, I don't know if, what, what direction are we going with this episode and what things do I include in uh, off the break? And then what things do I ask about later on? But, uh, I do want to ask just because I'm not super familiar with it. I'm familiar with it enough to have been like, Oh, I want to try and get this person to do an interview when I saw your profile, but can you tell us a little bit about soul healing? Hmm. Yeah, you know, from a soul healer perspective, um, I, you know, my own personal belief is that when we walk on this earthly plane, our own soul has been here many, many, many times before, right? So souls continue, I believe in reincarnation. And when we walk on the plane in this particular lifetime, there can be things that we are carrying from our past lives that are impacting our life today. And I'm going to give you a perfect example that I I run into very frequently um, is this like agreement that someone may say in a past life, you know, they have a broken heart, somebody's betrayed them, somebody's cheated at whatever it may be. And they will proclaim to the universe, I will never love again. I will never love again. I'll never give my heart away. And then they come and they sit down with me and they're like, I can't find a partner. And I, every time and all my relationships. And so we go and we'll look into past lives and lo and behold, I'll stumble upon this contract. That's it. That's what it shows as me to me. It shows as a contract that they have made with the universe to, in essence, never allow their heart to connect to someone else again. And so we go in and from a soul's perspective, and I go in and I provide the healing. I break the contract. I provide healing. I look at other lifetimes to make sure that there hasn't been damage created that can continue to come into this lifetime. Uh, And yeah, we provide the healing that is necessary so that they could, you know, in this example, open their hearts up and receive the love that they're meant to receive in this lifetime. Yeah. Uh, I like that example uh, specifically because I, I am, I guess I've had 
two aunts who do uh, something similar. They both called it different things. And I do not remember at all what they were called. But um, one of the things that I, I also grew up hearing from my, my family who is from the South is, you know, however long ago, a witch doctor or something cursed our family to never find love because we stole his lovers like from what whatever. And it's always been such a funny, like, you know, joke between cousins and whatnot because a relationship will go sour and it's like, man, maybe there is something to this. And like I've I've had enough other plainly experiences to to believe fully solidly that there is way more to the world than you know what we see what we perceive on like a normal everyday basis so having conversations you know with people like you that are open and that are you know willing to share their point of view it always like it jazzes me up because it's like i know the the small amount it's like the ocean like i know a tiny amount but like you're a wealth of knowledge of other things. So like, you know, spiritual healing, uh, any, anything in that regard is just so like interesting to me because I mm. like, I don't, I don't know it. So, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to, I want to learn. I want to hear. And I have enough friends that, you know, probably uh, dabble and, you know, are in that realm as well that like, like oh I, this is something that i definitely would want to learn about and having that conversation so i'm super happy to hear from you today oh no i you know it's it's one of the things that uh i adore the most right so i'm i'm a you know i'm i'm a certified reiki master so i am a healer but like i there is and this is what i always say with people right why do people sit down with a psychic or a healer or anything of that nature and I always say, like, when you are experiencing something in your life that you've tried to change or you've, you've not, like, been able, right, whether it's this love thing, maybe it's a money thing, maybe it's a just, you know, I'm plagued by anxiety. I had a client that had an irrational, they, they could recognize this drastic, irrational fear of bridges, right? And so they've tried, you know, they went to therapy, they talked to, they've done hypnosis, and, well, and couldn't figure out how to do this. And so we go and we look into these past lives and sometimes just the under, just the like knowledge that there was something is enough to bring the healing. Yeah. Just the knowledge sometimes. So like that particular um, client that I'm referring to, we went in and lo and behold, many, many, many lifetimes ago, we're talking about, you know, gosh, I mean, I think, I think for him, it was even before like Christ, he would walk a land bridge daily and lo and behold at some point the land bridge gave underneath him and he and he perished yeah. uh, uh hello rational yeah. fear i mean yeah. you know you're literally used to walking over a bridge at day in and day out of your life and then all of a sudden your life ends because it collapsed right and so just that knowledge alone that he wasn't irrationally afraid was enough to yeah. start bringing some some healing and uh, yeah, it was really, it was really beautiful. Like it took him a while, you know, but slowly over time he kept trying and yeah, he's, he still has fear of heights, but the fear of actually, he, it was so bad. Couldn't even travel. Like he would have to yeah. research how to get places to make sure that they didn't have to go over like large suspension bridges or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel that uh, 
this is like a random side note. And I don't know if I've ever said this on another episode or not. So like, it might be a repeat for some people, but uh, I grew up in Maryland. So like the, uh, the Chesapeake Bay bridge is a really, really long bridge over the Chesapeake Bay spans from the Maryland side to the Delaware side. And, and as a family, we, my, my dad, my mom are arguing in the front seat. My dad misses the exit. So we have to go all the way down this bridge and I couldn't swim. So obviously like going over this really long bridge, freaking out as a kid, like, oh my gosh, what if something happens? What if something happens? And then we get to the other side. And now, because, you know, obviously once you're on a bridge going one direction, that means you have to turn around and come back the other. So we had to span it twice. And, you know, here in like it could it could be a rational fear that like my brain that's that's so that's such so interesting um i don't know spirituality brains uh you know energies all of those things there's like i said it's like the ocean there's there's so much to it that like oh well what if well you know and and depending upon if you talk to the real kooky spiritual folks like me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I also have this belief that like every single thing is, you know, there's even a movie, everything's happening all at once, right? That like time actually doesn't exist, you know, outside of the human construct. Mm-hmm. And so everything past, present and future is all experiencing and happening at the same time. So like, so when you think of it from that perspective, if you had something in a past life where it was irrational, like you're literally going through it in this moment, right? Like yeah. in this moment, right? Yeah. So it's this, yeah, it's this real, um, that's why I love the soul healing so much. Just being able to go and provide that like clarity or visibility to someone of what they may have experienced, providing them that, you know, insight. Uh, and you know, I mean, yes, I am sometimes called to do some pretty crazy healing through it. Uh, but like I said, just knowing sometimes just knowing is enough to bring pe- people peace of mind that they're not, you know, crazy. That's that's yeah. really what it is a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so the next question for you is what gets you going about all things witchy and like how does that motivate you when you're helping others? Oh, what is what gets me going about all things? Depends on what you mean by gets me going. Like what um what calls you like what what calls you to that and like how that brought you to like lean into that I guess, um, that style of healing that, that like what what excites you about you, about being able to utilize this thing, you know, and help others with it. So, uh, I think in order to like provide some context to the answer, um, I have to visit the fact that I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And so, um, just over four years ago, it would have been 2019. I hit my rock bottom. I had relapsed for the third time that year and I was on my 40th birthday and, um, you know, it was really bad and it was really shitty and it was not a good scenario. And I came back, I was actually on vacation when I hit rock bottom and I came back and ended up in AA to try to get sober. And so for anybody that's ever, you know, any of your listeners that are familiar with any 12-step or recovery programs, they are actually spiritual programs, right? They're they're kind of like, they kind of help you say, like, get out of your own fucking way. You know, you, you led yourself down this path of, you know, addiction. 
right? Like you need to try something else. And so I sat in, you know, I did 90 meetings in 90 days and I was sitting at the tables with a lot of like the area that I uh, grow, that I live in is um, high population of both Christians and Muslims. And so I've got these like Christians sitting at a table, these Muslims, and I'm just realizing a lot of these people are talking about their spirituality when it comes to like getting and staying sober, right? Mm -hmm. Staying, right? Because like I was sober at that point, but like staying it. And mm -hmm. so I kind of like took a step back and I had to like really think to myself about what was my spirituality? Like really, what did I believe in? What did I want to embrace? And, you know, at that particular time, um, I, I, I didn't have the, what I'll say kind of maybe the philosophical approach to my own, like, you know, witchcraft beliefs, but I knew that since I was 16, so we were talking at that point, like well over, you know, 20 years, uh, that I had been walking the path of, you know, witchcraft of, you know, magic of, you know, a, a more esoteric spirituality than I was Christianity or anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I, I decided to create my own version of church, so to speak. And I started sitting down on Facebook and giving free readings, free psychic readings away, just as a way to tr kind of get back. And then lo and behold, um, the more and more, the longer I was sober, the more days that passed, the more all of this like just fired up. Right. I mean, I started wanting to embrace magic on a daily basis. I, you know, I started studying more. I started looking at more. And I, I frankly, I believe the, the place that I learned the most is through teaching. So I started to teach people these things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that, you know, it's like what fires me up the most about all of this. Number one is it keeps me sober. <laughs> yeah. Right. It really does. But number two, it's, it's like literally like, you know, giving these people, these other people that I meet the permission to step into whatever it is they believe. Right. And I don't, you know, it, it doesn't have to be my version. It doesn't have to be my flavor, but what they, they see, what they feel, what, you know, what, how, what they want to learn, what they want to explore. And that's what fires me up when I see people literally for the first time and you can you can like even somatically watch this. You can watch this in their body language. When they finally, that light bulb goes off, where they finally realize and accept that they get to choose their own spiritual path. Uh-huh. Right? Like that nobody's yep. going to tell them what to do. That like every way is the right way, right? As long, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what fires me up because I've watched so many people be oppressed through like maybe having to follow their family's religion mm -hmm. or, you know, oppressed because they were following like their, their communities, right? Maybe they've lived in a community that, that was heavily Christian or very much, or, um, you know, what the worst case is, is like, uh, there is, um, a lot of like Christian practices that will be so, and I always say that fanatically yeah. Christian, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you realize how close that actually is to witch, witchcraft? Like when you are so strong and devote in your beliefs, that's the same thing that a witch does. Like they, you know, so watching these people literally start to realize too, that their past actually benefits, like their past beliefs, mm-hmm. their past knowledge. I mean, yeah, there, there's nothing really that quite fires me up than watching those transformations in folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that you, you know, gave us a little bit of context with your, with your recovery. Cause that actually is my, is my next question. I kind of like paired those together because for me, my assumption, and this is from personal, you know, experiences when you go through here, a healing journey, um, you know, it's hard to not like want to see that in others. Uh, so, you know, what, what those moments bring in recovery in like a, a healing of sorts is, you know, this clarity of like, Oh man, I wish everybody could feel that way. And I wish I could like bring this feeling to as many people as possible um, and, and help other people's and other people in any way that like you feel calls you to be able to help. Would you agree with that? Uh, I wholeheartedly would agree with that. You know, um, and it's a, uh, and just in recovery alone, like the 12th step basically states like to go out and continue to help other people, you know, heal. But I, you know, I call it and the way that I've described it to people is like getting sober and stepping into like this spiritual evolution and really being on a, on a, on a spiritual journey. I learned how to fall in love with living, like to truly like love that love life. Like you know, even the pain and the suffering and people, Mm -hmm. some people will think I'm crazy weird for saying that, but like life, we do not, we do not get to experience the like highs, the epitomes and the joys. And like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown, but she's got the Atlas of the Heart book and she had the series that she did on Netflix. And I loved it. I, I always think she talked about the emotions of wonderment and awe, right? And when you fall in love with life, you're like, literally, we talked about that curiosity before we started mm-hmm. recording. Like you, you find wonderment and awe in everything when you're in love with life, yeah. right? You, you really do. Right. Uh, and so, no, I, I, I absolutely agree that when you step into this path, like you want to bring people along with you, you want to raise people up The challenge. Not everybody's ready. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have to be very conscious and, and careful because some of us out here are uh, also recovering people pleasers. Yeah. And so where we think we're trying to raise someone up, what we're actually trying to do is we're just falling back into, you know, old you know, habits. So I love that. And I think that that is something that like in my everyday life is kind of evident. And like, this is just like a, a an aside to that is that I think people that are truly in a place to help others understand that concept that you just explained is that sometimes people aren't ready and sometimes people need to be asked, do you need this help? Sometimes people need to be hinted at like, Hey, I can do this thing for you. Would that help you or would that not? And it takes somebody that is truly in that place to be able to see that that is even a thing that needs to happen as opposed to just jumping in and wanting to help. And I think it's, almost sometimes detrimental to some when 
you just jump in and help because now you're jumping in and helping your help doesn't necessarily come across right. The person you're trying to help is like, why is everybody trying to help me? I must not be able to do anything. And then you're just like, you know, feeding into this cycle of like not working as opposed to understanding where you, where you stand on that, on that, you know, path for that person. You know, you're reminding me, I, I chatted with a friend this morning. She's got a 13-year-old son, and she's running into some challenges with him. And one of the comments that I had made to her was, uh, you have to understand that your son is now in his driver's seat of his own life. You're in the passenger seat. Uh-huh. And that's the challenge is, is a lot of people, they think that in order to help someone, they've got to take the wheel right? Mm-hmm. And navigate for them. But that's not the case. If you truly want to help someone, you'll never do it for them, right? You'll mm-hmm. purely sit on the passenger seat and allow, and that's that's the hardest piece for folks, right? The hardest thing is watching someone flail, watching someone suffer, watching someone be their own detriment, right? And you're like, oh, if I only stepped in, I could help them. Well, in the recovery world, they call that an enabler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right? right? They call it an enabler because people have to be ready for help. They have to be willing to accept that help. They have to like, like they have to like sit in their driver's seat and say, Hey, you know what? My eyesight's not so good right now. I don't have my glasses. I need you to help me navigate and read the street signs. I need you to hold the phone and use the GPS, right? They need to be the ones that are asking and asking how they want that help. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Because, yeah, it's so, so easy for folks. And I mean, I've just I've I've watched it as well, where people will will step on and start to be on this healing path and, you know, stepping into this, you know, trying to step into the spiritual evolution and they will. What's the word I'm prematurely try to help others. Mm-hmm. They actually won't have gone through the level of healing that they need to, right? And that's where I said they'll fall back into those same patterns. And then they'll they'll build resentment. Yep. Right? They'll be why didn't they accept it? Why didn't they like it? Why didn't, you know, uh and I've uh, I'm a one particular client that, you know, I I'm often told, right? Because I when I work with folks, I work with my guides and my guides will tell me you can't tell them, you can't tell them, you can't so many times I'm told like nope, it's up for them to figure it out. It's up for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Every, over and over again. So even for me, you know, I'm human. I'm not perfect. Even though I work with clients, I coach, I mentor, I help people, you know, on their own spiritual journeys. I'm still not perfect. Uh, you know, uh, but thank, thank, thank goodness, at least I think I, I believe I've got a little bit of humility to admit that I, I can't help or I don't know. Right? Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, somebody told me and uh, I did I did an interview and I'm I'm pretty sure it was after we stopped recording and we were just kind of chatting afterwards about the interview. Um, but they told me that they saw, you know, my um my profile on the matchmaker website and was like, I, I wanna go I wanna talk to that person. And it's they put out all the positive energy. They said, you know, we're I'm gonna I'm gonna do this interview and it's gonna be a good thing. It's gonna uh, like it's uh, good things are gonna come of it. It's you know, I I could I just know it. And, you know, obviously I didn't know that before we had the interview, but, um, then afterwards we were talking about this very thing and, uh, their response was, I love what you're doing. And I love the, the essence that is your podcast, because 
what it what it is wouldn't be possible if you haven't gone through great healing and you wouldn't be wanting to have these conversations and giving giving people the opportunity to talk about their journeys and and their healing and spreading that word and that just like hit me so crazy and that's it's kind of like what you're what you're you're talking about is sometimes you as somebody that has healed have to sit back and be like man i forgot that like I was in that place and I would not have accepted that same level of help from somebody. So like, I, I got to remember, even though like I am capable of helping you, I can only help you as far as you're willing to be helped. And you got to You got to drive the car. I I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was, it was my, my friend this morning. I said that to her, she got all teary eyed and weepy. <laughs> it's her oldest too. She's got two yeah. sons. This is her. So it's her first time going through it. But like, I mean, that's, it's a true thing with anyone and anybody, you know, anybody that's ever been around someone that maybe has suffered from addiction is going to be a little bit more familiar with the enabling thing. But so many of us, right, even if we don't have a friend that's actively in like substance addiction, what we'll find is we'll have a friend and this is, we'll have a friend that's addicted to like being a victim. Mm -hmm. We'll have a friend that's, that's addicted to being, you know, like chaos and drama, right? They're coming to us excuse me and they're they're um always dropping their problems on our laps right mm -hmm. and and you're like every time right and so it's like we as humans can so easily slide into this role of enablement into this role of like feeling it's like our responsibility to help uh when in actuality our only responsibility is to wait for people to ask for our help yeah That's i it. love that i love that um we could talk about that for forever but i got, I do have other questions i want to get to um so uh i i checked you out i listened to some of your episodes of your of your podcast and something you said on a recent episode of your podcast which please uh was about casting an evil eye uh and i was curious about like you mentioned the signs and this is one of those things, like I said, as somebody that grew up in like, I, I, I've, it, we used to be very vigilant of those things when there's, you know, petulant style things happening and it's like, okay, stop, look and listen. What, what could this be? And do I, do I need to address it in a different way than just being annoyed? Is it, and I, that just hit me so hard. So like, if you wouldn't mind explaining a little bit about what, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I absolutely. So you, you use the word evil eye and that's probably the easiest way for a lot of people to understand. But some of us that, that, that dance in the magical world, uh, may also refer to it as a curse. Uh, we may refer to it as a hex. Um, we, you know, but like the evil eye is, is real. Like literally you could cross somebody on the street and then look at you and cast the evil eye and then you trip and stumble and drop your phone and crack it. Right. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. yeah. this is like yeah. simple as it could be. Um, but yeah, so this is, so it amuses me that you, you're at, you're picking this one up because it's been a topic of conversation again this week. <laughs> um, so my belief is that 
there are a number of different signs that can show us, right? Because I myself live in a very high vibrational state, right? I practice a lot of gratitude. I practice a lot of, opti- you know, I'm just mm-hmm. in there. And so what ends up happening when as an individual human, we keep our own like emotional state, very high vibration. We meditate, we're good, we're at peace of stuff. What'll end up happening is when these curses, hexes, or even these evil eyes are sent our way, what I have found is that they manifest externally around us, right? It can be things like planting something in your garden, right? Like maybe you get a bunch of new evergreens, like right now during the fall, you plant evergreens and realizing they didn't take. It could mm-hmm. be a matter of, I know one of the things that ended up happening to me is, um, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with grain moths. Uh, there are certain yeah. moths yeah. that yeah. will, you know, come about because of grain. Well, I had some bird seed um, and I wasn't as familiar with grain moths as some other people. Well, lo and behold, this bird seed ended up giving birth to all of these grain moths un- unbeknownst to me. And it, ma- it, 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 it festered to the whole house went through my entire pantry and i'm like that's weird right like that is not i mean bag sealed everything like Mm -hmm. this bird seed should not have done this i mean i popped canisters of flour all sorts and and like there was maggots in one of them and i'm like this is not i have never had an issue with this stuff my entire life yeah, my entire life. And so I stopped, I paused, I personally asked the question, you know, to my guides, I said, this is very strange. And they said, Yep. And that's the answer that they gave me was because this kind of evil eye or this curse or this hex was coming at me and could not get to me as a person. It was manifesting itself around me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, growing up, my my dad used to call it a flesh hunt, because it would start out with like you stub your toe and it's, you know, not, a, not as big of a deal. And because you, you, you weren't phased by that next thing you, you get a paper cut and that was more annoying and more like naggy of an injury. Uh, but you still keep moving. And then out of nowhere, something that has like, you've done a million times, shouldn't have been a big deal, you know, draws real blood and is, is a problem. And those, those were always the moments where my dad was like, in this, and when that, when that thing happens, you need to accept that you are about to be blessed and stay on your positive path. Do not let mm-hmm. those things nag you down because that's what they're trying to do. They are trying to oh, yeah. suck you to a level of misery. Don't let it. Oh, yeah. I mean, because and this this goes the same thing like this, you know, before we started recording, we talked about that curiosity mindset. Mm-hmm. And so last year, one of the things that I did, like in my spiritual journey was I said, I want to be more curious when things are happening to me. I desire to be to respond with curiosity rather than anything else. Right. And so that's I mean, I can't imagine if we were a year ago before I had done that, how I might have responded because this happened. And instead of me being exasperated that I now have to throw every piece of brain <laughs> yeah. out of my right. I mean, I probably threw away if I think about mo- monetarily, probably one hundred and fifty dollars worth of supplies i mean i'm a a baker you know like not that by trade or anything but i enjoy so all sorts of stuff tossed right i could have gone down the path of oh my god waste of money like and literally allowed it to kind of spiral but the curiosity that i had when this happened allowed me to pause and ask the question like why is this happening i mean and now granted as a psychic i literally hear the answer right (laughs) 
But if everyone just paused, if something unfortunate happens to you, right? Stubbing a toe, paper cut, ending up with a sprained ankle, right? Would any, and, and you paused and asked, this is curious. Why is this? Why are these series of misfortunate events happening? You might actually have something pop into mind, like a picture of a person, some, you know, like you may have the answer actually given to you. It yeah. may become apparent. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not over it, Holmes. Uh, <laughs> I came down with COVID three weeks ago, which yeah. I was told again had something to do with it. Right. Wow. So I, yeah, I have someone that is out there that is not a, the biggest fan of me, which is a bummer because I'm a very delightful and, you know, really kind person, but they're intimidated by me. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, needless to say, there's some stuff in the works to once again, uh, combat it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope that that pans out. Sorry, you got COVID too. That's unfortunate. I luckily haven't had to, like, haven't. Unless I was asymptomatic, any time I got it, I have not had any signs of having it. Uh, and my um, my co-host actually lost her father to a work-related COVID exposure. So, like, that's something that we uh, we definitely like. We feel when it when it when somebody says it. But um, yeah, hopefully, like you said, you know, there are things in the works, and it takes care of that. Um, so I wanted to ask you about your program. Like, is there anything that you can tell me about the, the programs that you do that, um, if somebody was interested in, you know, looking you up, you know, what, what services or what programs you might be able to, to help them out with? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's an awesome question for number one, I'm a psychic medium, right? So you can always work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I do offer one-on-one -on -one sessions. So if anybody ever, uh, you know, a lot of times people will sit down from a curiosity perspective, um, and want some guidance around things that are happening in their life. We talked about the soul healings. Those are other things, mediumship sessions, you know, as a psychic medium, I can talk to the dead and loved ones that have crossed over. So one-on-one -on -one work is always cool there. Um, and that's what I say around 50% of folks that work with me actually stumble across me because they want to leverage and use my own gifts and abilities, right? Mm -hmm. in, in whatever way, shape or form. But the thing that I love and you programs, this is usually what I think of, um, as I'd mentioned, I'm the headmistress of Illuminate the Unschool of Witchcraft. And I do have a, we've teetered on, it's, it's this, this coming uh, 2024, it'll, like, it'll be a nine month long program um, mm -hmm. where you can step into the program itself and learn. Uh, I, I, I look at it as three verticals. It's a vertical of psychic abilities and divination. So literally being able to use any of the psychic abilities. Uh, it is another vertical around any magical ritual, spell work or alchemical work. So you get to learn all about that and how to leverage and use that and wield those. those. And uh, the last is the healing gifts. Um, both being becoming a, a certified Reiki master themselves, but also exploring other different healing modalities. Um, I personally believe that if we are in tune with our higher selves and we're in tune with the universe, uh, we could be called to heal in ways that we wouldn't even expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those programs, anybody's ever interested, you can always reach me. I, I love this on all my podcasts. I give out my actual email. I read all of my own personal <laughs> email. Right. So sunshine at sunshinereadings.com. Um, or you can check the website out and uh, take a look there and read a little bit more. So, yeah, I I adore to teach. I adore to mentor. And any one of the classes in the program, in any one of those uh, are actually available to be audited as well. So you could purchase a seat and audit just one of the classes. Oh, yeah. Um, that's so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I. 
it was an idea that I'd had. Um, I had a couple of people that like hesitated because it is a lot, right? And it's a little mm-hmm. scary to like step in and, you know, uh, you know, commit to doing something of that nature. Um, so I have had a couple of people audit, but the coolest part that I always uh, love um, at the end, if any of these individuals that have finished the program choose, uh, they can actually do exactly. They could step in and become a psychic medium. They could uh, be a Reiki master. They could literally create a business around the skill sets that they they start embracing and, and, and build. I love that. Um, I am empathic, and it has always been something that, like, it, I've. It's I don't know so a, a program like that or a thing uh, and. A, a class a workshop has always been like a, a like bucket list thing for me because mm-hmm. it's like learning how to learning how to like not just have it happen in random moments learning how to like see whatever that thing is more clearly or or use it more effectively rather than like you know the way i've always tried to explain it is like it's almost like somebody dropped the phone in the water and i can hear and I can tell some of the words, but I, but it just doesn't quite sound or, you know, the equivalent of seeing that, that same thing. So, you know, I, I don't tell this story often to most people, but, um, my, uh, grandmother on my father's side, um, she, when I was younger, uh, I was playing on a tricycle. Uh, I went out in the street, something told her to run upstairs and she happened to open the door at the exact moment I I rolled out into the street and she yelled my name. So I turned and like luckily stopped just in time. And she loved telling that story. And she'd be like, you know, you ran right back up to me and said, grandma, I heard your voice and I knew I had to stop. And, you know, flash forward to, uh, when she passed, I was laying, she was sick for, at least like a week, I think is like when she was like bedridden at home and I was laying in bed sleeping. It was probably like 1230, 11 o'clock at night. I don't, I don't, I didn't wake up and look at it for the, for the one random time that this has happened. I didn't look at a clock. Um, but I, out of nowhere, I heard my, my name yelled and I, my first name is Matt. I don't, I don't go by Matthew, even my family. When people call me Matthew, I, I look at them like, don't call me that. She is the only person to ever call me Matthew. And I never said anything about it because chances are she was going to break her foot off in my butt if I did say something about it. So, uh, heard her, I heard her yell like Matthew as, as loud as she has ever yelled my name. And I woke up and looked around and I was like, huh? And I looked at my wife and I was like, did you just yell at me? And she was like, what? No. And like rolls back over and I laid there awake for a second and I trying to like process whose voice I heard, what was happening, what it was. And then I went to sleep, woke up the next morning to phone calls and text messages that she had passed overnight. And the next day I was just like sitting in her, you know, apartment as we were all like, just kind of there thinking about, you know, the situation. And then it clicked for me that like, that was her. Heard her. Yeah. And I was like, man. And at that moment I was like, I really wish I could like have understood that in that moment better. And like I said, it became a bucket list thing. I will tell you this. Uh, I love that you shared that story because one of the things that I tell people it, that are starting on their journey and they actually want, if you have someone on the other side, 
that A, you knew had those gifts, right? So grandma had Mm. those gifts, right? But B, you had a close relationship with, start talking to her. I mean it, like literally start talking to her on a regular basis. Like even out loud, you will start to hear her respond. You absolutely will start. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you keep those conversations going, you will start to hear her respond. And here's the difference when it comes to like listening to spirit. And I've talked to a number of different um, psychics and and mediums around this. Um, They will not sound like your voice. So you know how your voice sounds in your head. Mm -hmm. They will sound like an ex, they will sound like it might not sound exactly like how she sounded, but it will not sound like your. So that's that's how you know, right? Um, yeah. I'll tell you this. Here's another little trick. This is this is the like craziest one that I ever just that I discovered. You will hear other people's thoughts in your voice. Mm-hmm. You will not hear other spirits in your voice. So Fair. just yeah. yeah, right. So if you're um, like I'm a mind reader too, and mm-hmm. I will hear like yeah. I'll hear other people's thoughts in my voice. Uh, but yeah, spirit always sounds different. Uh, you couldn't know this because obviously there's no way that you could know this. But uh, my current residence backs up to a memorial cemetery. But then on the other side of the street, uh, she's actually laid to rest less than like an eighth mile from my house. So that's such an interesting, like when you said, you know, it's like, I don't know that I, that I've talked to her specifically. But I also know that I have heard her and it's not necessarily, like you said, it's, it's not her voice specifically, but it's like inflection almost, or like the way that that sentence is formed, the familiarity of it. And it's like a pause moment of like, did I, I don't, so I will lean into that more because that, that's kind of that it's interesting. I like, I like that tidbit because Again, like I said, those are the those are the little things that like like oh I should be listening to that and that's a a little a little nugget of knowledge that I wouldn't have had before. So thank you for that. Oh no, you're you're very welcome. Like not everybody has what what you described. Not everybody has someone that would be on the other side that would believe in these things and that they had a close relationship with. The fact that you did is you are right for like accelerating that yeah. in way yeah in in ways it just. Yeah, I, I I think that's amazing, and I I can't wait for the time that you, you know, get an email from you that's literally yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um. So kind of on a, a similar topic, I guess, of like you know losing somebody. Uh, we talk about grief often on this podcast. As like I said, my co-host is um she she has dubbed herself the girl with two dead parents. Um. Uh. Mm. But uh, what would what would you help? Sorry. Uh, I have to figure out the wording. Um, how would you help someone that comes to you, you know, trying to deal with grief? Uh, is that something that you? I mean, I, yeah, it's something that I have a lot. Um, there are even times, you know, and I have a very different relationship with death, right? When you when you can talk to and see the dead, like the relationship that you have is 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 it is it's just going to be very different. Um, and I, I think from a grief perspective, I don't think everybody always realizes that loss in any way, shape or form is going to, uh, have us experience grief, loss Mm -hmm. of a job, loss of a friend, um, loss of, you want to know, uh, another place of grief that happens, loss of childhood. Hmm. Yeah. Loss of childhood. 
right? Um, loss of uh, divorce mm-hmm. is another big one, right? Loss of what I thought my life was going to be like, right? Um, and so when it comes to grief and like when people do step forward, you know, a lot of the times, you know, you, you, you said that you, you understand in, that you're empathic. And so a lot of the times the first read that I have is to understand what, what's going to bring them the most comfort. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is, you know, having them connect to a loved one on the other side and getting some comfort, some closure and understanding. Um, and it can help. I mean, I've, I have had most mediumship readings, people, you know, end in tears in all the right ways for all mm-hmm. the right reasons. Right. Um, but grief is such a personal thing. And so it's, it's trying to understand, you know, even why they may be grieving because sometimes people don't realize, you know, they think that they're grieving the loss of that person not there when in some breaths, that's the truth. But a lot of times when we have someone that crosses over and passes away, we're actually grieving the loss of everything that could be. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, the biggest thing that I try to help with is help people to understand that they're still there. Right. And that sometimes these souls will make the choice. I had a, I had a person that crossed over, um, was a very kind person, was literally described as an individual that was, was a giver of, to everyone. And, um, you know, I mean, would extend everything often to a detriment of themselves and finally, you know, it was his sister that I was talking to. And I asked him, I said, you know, like, why? I said, why? You know, like, everybody thought you were okay. He died of an overdose. Everybody thought you were doing okay. Like, why Why did you go down this path? And he finally said, and she, the sister, was just so, I mean, validated, but so, like, he finally said, he said, there were so many people on earth that I loved that I couldn't oversee and take care of all of them alive. I knew I could do better and help more if I was on the other side. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting, right? And so, you know, from a grief perspective, it really depends, you know, how I help. It depends on, you know, how my guides advise me to help because sometimes people are, are that grief is in that denial stage, right? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's a different conversation at that point. But yeah, I mean, I I will help people in, you know, I I, even how I mentor, like, there are two things you're you're trying to have someone when they walk away from a session with you or talking to you, you either want them to have the clarity that they need so that they can move forward, or the comfort that they need, so they no longer hold on to what's trouble. I love that. Right. That's a good stamp on it. Um, So uh my i guess not last question because there's there's a the this or that questions coming up but uh one of my last questions for you is uh what things should people know before jumping into like shadow work or anything witchy or anything spirit like what what should they i guess understand before doing anything like that i would say the number one thing to understand is uh, you know, and I, I'd kind of said it before as to what fires me up. You get to decide your own path, 
And so anybody that wants to step into the spiritual path of like witchcraft, magic, and things of that nature, it is not going to be uncommon that you're going to stumble across what often people refer to as a gatekeeper. Somebody that tells you that there's one way, it has to be this way, it has to be that way, you're not doing it right, it's not going to work, and so on and so forth. Um, and so like, that is, that's just, it is so counter to being on a spiritual evolution, um, so counter uh, to, you know, embracing, uh, you know, our, our spiritual rights. That's an interesting word that they even just popped into my head, spiritual rights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, like, uh, so that's the biggest thing is just know that you are the only individual that gets to decide what works for you. Uh, and the, 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 the second thing that I'll say is, um, this is what I tell people. You can change your mind. Just choose something. Just choose to walk some kind of path, right? Yeah. You can change it at any time, right? Um, so many people will, I'll hear this commentary around, I'm not being very good at it. I've, I've neglected. And, and I'm just like, life is not about perfection. It's about just, just choosing what you want choosing yeah. to what you believe, choosing what you want to do, um, and, and let go, let it, let go of, uh, the guilt and the shame that we like to apply. On yes. A hundred percent. Uh, that is, if I could have a tagline, it's, uh, live life shamelessly. And that is something that like my, um, my new, I don't want to say goal. Cause that like, it's not a goal. It's just, you know, the, the path that I want to try and walk. And I mean, I, Again, this is something that you probably couldn't have known, but I just got the tarot card sun and moon tattooed on my arm because mm -hmm. I want, I, I looked when it was a Friday the 13th, like flash thing. And my, I don't set new year's resolutions. I set new year's goals. So if I don't reach them, it was a goal I'm trying to reach. I, I don't have to do it in a year. I just have to reach it at some point in time, um, was to, be more, be my authentic self more often and to, you know, hide less about myself. And then I saw that and I was like, well, before I like get tarot cards tattooed on myself, let me go look up what, what these meanings could be. And the first one that popped up was when it's, uh, when it's displayed together, it's essentially illuminating things that you're, that you may try and keep hidden on, you know, as in dark side of the moon, sun lighting it up. And I was like, well, that's kind of like perfect. So I guess I'm going to, I'm going to get that. So like living shamelessly and, you know, being authentic to who you are. Like one, another thing that was said in, in a recent interview was, you know, I asked, you know, were you always this open? Because like, you're, you're telling me so much now, or, you know, did it happen after, you know, an experience or what, you know, what was the case? And their response was, I was only as open as I knew myself. And that just like struck a chord with me. And it's like, exactly. Uh, you have to discover who you are and be shameless about that. So I love what you just said. Like that is, that is perfect. Um, so again, thanks for that. Cause that is the highlight of, of what I want anybody that listens to this to know is it's your journey. It's nobody else's journey. Uh, don't be ashamed of like, anything i teach my daughters you know like it, when if somebody says you're weird my if i told my daughter she's she's weird her response was almost before i could even finish my sentences yeah and because i always say thank you yeah 
Yeah, she she started to say thank you too. That's one. That's something that she threw in there. She has said thank you before. Uh, so it's like teaching them they can enjoy what they they want to enjoy. They can be whatever they want to be, and do it in a way that like isn't sabotaging to themselves or isn't to make somebody else happy, me happy, anything. Like if you're not happy, change your mind. As long as you're making a choice for you. I'm good with it. So uh, like I said, I will tell you this. If you, if, if anybody listening ever wants to see their life drastically change for the better and, and are willing to embrace a very difficult, like a difficult challenge to get there, start only doing what you want. Your yeah. world will change in ways that you never even imagined. So I, I again, uh, this is, it's like silly advice, but it's advice that I heard. I wish I could remember where I heard it, but um, it was uh, talking about like taking control of your life. And it was uh, in reference to a husband and wife who were having like a troubled relationship. And they, they were like, well, you know, the age old, like, where do you want to eat tonight? What do you want for dinner? And their advice was if you want Sonic and she wants, you know, like Dairy Queen, take her to Dairy Queen, go get your Sonic and you're both happy and go home and eat your meal together. And that was just like an epiphany moment. And since then it's been like, yeah, man, like, absolutely. Like why, why I don't have to go get this. You don't have to go get that. We could get what we want and go home and both be happy. And like, you're satisfied. I'm satisfied. So like you said, that is the simplest way that you can do that. Just start making decisions and doing what you want. And again, it's almost like a self-cleaning oven where uh, if people are around you and don't like that you are choosing stuff for you, they will walk away and you don't even have to deal with that. So, yeah. Oh, they'll pout, they'll whine, they'll complain, they'll throw some guilt bombs, they'll (laughs) throw some shame grenades, uh, and you just have to dodge them, right? And eventually they'll stop throwing them uh, and you'll be like, wow, my life is so much more beautiful. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of amazing, what would be amazing is if you answer the this or that questions. Are you ready? I'm All right. ready. All right. So this first one, uh, having a 10,000 foot view of life or knowing that everyone in you that you encounter feels your positive energy. The second one. Yeah, that's what I figured. After I was, I was oh, yeah. like trying to guess what I, what people say, and that's one of my favorite. Like I was like before, I was like she might choose the the, the uh, ten thousand foot view because you already kind of have that, so it's a little bit. And then I was like, but also like you're you seem like you're going to be a positive person, but I I I don't know how bubbly you you are in person. I know I know what I've heard and what I've read. So, but um, I, I like that. Um, uh, hosting an episode. Or leading a healing journey or a healing session. Wow, and that's a this or that because I mean I I could say that's both <laughs> at one time. Um, I probably say uh, hosting the healing session. Yeah. yeah, I I was wondering if like that's that was one where I was wondering if you would be like, well, I can do both at the same time, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So last one: a cozy night in or a fun night out with your witches. I'm a hermit by nature, so <laughs> unbelievably a cozy night in. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Uh, <laughs> it is definitely like a at home recharge. Yeah, 
Um, I take it out on it. So I'm actually going to an ecstatic dance tonight. So I am going to have some fun this evening. Ooh, but that's Friday a healing night. thing. Oh, yeah, okay. It's a, yeah. So I... Ecstatic dance is actually meant to move energy through you and to release anything that you're holding on to. And so, yeah, it's going to be a little healing tonight through dance. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering those. Uh, Is there anywhere, like you already kind of plugged your email a little bit ago, but if people wanted to learn more about you uh, or hear your podcasts, anything like that, uh, where should they look for you? Hmm. So you can always visit the website, sunshinereadings.com. Um, from a podcast perspective, it is, uh, we're on all the, the major platforms, Spotify, Apple podcast, uh, that's which please sunshine's guide to the mystical. I also released a second podcast that I've got with, I, uh, I have a co-host with called deepest spirituality that released two weeks ago. So you can find that on all the platforms as well. Uh, I am online. So Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, so you look for sunshine readings and you'll stumble across me. I, I'm certain. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I just want to thank you again for being here. It was a fun conversation, and uh, I hope that it was enjoyable on your side. Oh, I adored it. Thank you so much, Holmes. <laughs> the bell is about to ring. If you want to drop us a voice message or simply ask a question, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes below. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. It helps more people find us. Theme music by Kinsey. More music available on Spotify. Remember, every day is a class. Go learn something.